Welcome back to another episode of the All Yellow Jackets podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Caldwell, publisher of allyellowjackets.com. And I know I've been off a couple weeks. I've been uh, taking on some new responsibilities, doing some new things, had to get some things reshuffled. But I'm back with a, a big show this weekend. Um, apologize for the absence, but I, I wanted to be back in time to uh, preview Georgia Tech and Clemson. This is obviously a, a huge, huge game. Um, I think a win here would mean – it, it would mean a lot to this program. Uh, they haven't beaten Clemson since 2014. They haven't won in Death Valley since Paul Johnson's first season in 2008. And, of course, it would get them bowl eligible for the first time since 2018. So, like, there, there is a lot on the line this week. Like, I know um, it's not going to be the headliner game of the day. It's not going to be the headliner of the noon slate. You know, Penn State, Michigan's going on. A lot of the country's attention is going to be focused on that. But there, there is a lot on the line, really, for both teams. Like, Clemson is, you know, having a – pretty big down year compared to what they've done probably the past seven, eight years. So it's um, – this is still a good team, though. Like, don't don't get it confused. The, the record – they're better than their record suggests, but um, clearly a huge game, and we're going to break it down. We're going to talk both sides of it, offense, defense, what needs to happen, and, and go from there. But just to touch on some other topics, basketball, huge one over Georgia Southern the other night. Offense started out a little clunky. Um, I, I just think there, there is going to be a little bit of an adjustment period. Remember, that this is a, a team – a lot of it is made up of transfers. Yes, Miles Kelly is back. Yes, Debo Coleman's back. But you do have a lot of transfers um, on, on the team. And it's going to take them a little bit of time to mesh. Um, but clearly, the second half was really good. They they really caught fire from three. After a rough start offensively from the game, Miles Kelly was pretty unbelievable in that second half. And offensively, they you know, they were taking a lot of threes. You know, they, they the shot, shot selection was much better. And the defense really was pretty good. Now, obviously, Georgia Southern is not the biggest measuring stick. They are, they are not one of the better teams in the country. They're probably not going to the NCAA tournament this year. But, again, it's it's always good to get a win. You don't want to lose these games. They won by 22 points at home. That's what you want. They're back in action tonight at, against Howard. I'll be there. Check out allyellowjackets.com for, for, for game coverage. I'll be breaking it all down. Um, post-game press conferences with Damon Stoudemire, everything. Be sure to go check it out. Uh, I'll have complete coverage there. But I guess let's get to the main topic we want to talk about today, and that's the football game that's going to take place on Saturday. Um, since I last recorded a podcast, Georgia Tech has not lost a game. They beat North Carolina. They beat Virginia. So hopefully I'm not jinxing them this week by, by coming back and doing this. So, look, it's been a pretty dang good two weeks you know th- every time things started to look a little bleak for tech in terms of bowl hopes and, and where things were going whether it was the loss to bowling green lost to boston college they found a way to bounce back and you know i think most people were i think most people were at least wanted to see how the game against virginia would turn out because you know the game against wake forest was followed up by the bowling green loss the win against miami was followed up by the boston college loss so what would the follow-up to the win against north carolina be it was that was the most dominant show, and I think they've had an ACC game in quite a while um, because there have been times, you know, when they've won a little big where you've been able to really poke holes at it and say, well, if this didn't happen, if this didn't happen, this team is really bad. Look, Virginia is not a good team. That That's no secret. They had been playing improved football over the past couple of weeks. So they also beat North Carolina as like 25, 24-point underdogs. And they should have beat Miami a couple weeks ago. They had Miami. I think they outgained them. They forced Tyler Van Dyke played a really bad game for Miami that day. Um, and Virginia very easily could have won that game. It went to overtime. So it's not like Virginia had just been playing awful throughout the year. Um, they had gotten blown out very few times. Like 
Georgia Tech really just stuck it to him. And they Virginia did have some injuries, but running game over 300 yards for the second straight week, 40 points in back to back weeks. Like the offense is is playing arguably as well as any in the ACC right now. I I, I really do think that's true. There's when they don't turn the ball over that it's hard to stop them. And, and really the running game the past two weeks, look, the running game against Bowling Green, against Miami, um, it, it wasn't good. But the past few weeks it's really picked up. Uh, Haynes King has played two really clean games. You know, I, I think Boston College, Bowling Green, and Miami were probably his worst games. He threw some interceptions. He, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't playing like his usual self, but he has really ramped it up these past couple weeks. He's still a threat threat on the ground as well, which is huge, of course. Um, and it's probably going to be huge against Clemson as well this week because they, they haven't faced a, a ton of running threats at quarterback. And I'm, I'm anxious to see how uh, how well Haynes King can run. But, look, this game, 12 o'clock ABC, Death Valley is one of the hardest places to play. Um, after opening up as a pretty big favorite, the line has come down just a little bit. I think it's right now at 14, 14 and a half. And Clemson themselves, they were spiraling a little bit. Um, they lost to Miami with a true – Miami played a true freshman at quarterback and beat Clemson. Um, they followed that up by going on the road and losing to NC State as a double-digit favorite. Of course, everybody knows all the the drama with Dabo Sweeney and the people calling in, and he was kind of on, on the razor's edge there for a little bit. But um, they bounced back with a pretty good win against Notre Dame last week. I'll say this. Notre Dame is a pretty good team. They were also very limited. There were also a lot of things that went Clemson's way in that game. Clemson only had two real drives where they had to go score points on Notre Dame. They had a blocked punt that set them up um, in really good field goal – or really good field position, excuse me. They also had a pick six. Um, one of their linebackers at Clemson has probably the best set of linebackers in the country, just full disclosure. Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter are fantastic. One of those two got, got a pick six. I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head right now. But And the Notre Dame passing attack, which is not good, by the way. Georgia Tech is a better passing attack than Notre Dame. Like just that, That's not a hot take. That That is a fact. And no, Notre Dame couldn't throw the ball last week. So I think this is – while it was a good win for Clemson, it wasn't like Clemson just went out and rolled Notre Dame. That That's not what happened. I think the final score is a bit deceiving. They got out to an early lead because of some of those miscues by Notre Dame. Fighting Irish, they did get back in the game, but – I'm very interested to see how this game plays out because you look at Clemson's wins this year. They haven't, you know, Notre Dame is clearly their best win, but their other wins are Charleston Southern, not a good team. Florida Atlantic, not a good team. Syracuse, not a good team. They've lost five in a row now. And Wake Forest, which is not a good team. That They barely beat Wake Forest. Um, so, I, you know, I think the – I think the line is a bit inflated. I think – and – Clemson is a more talented roster. They their past success does you have to take that into account. And of course, playing at home. Like that's one of the toughest places to play. You can't discount it. It's a true home field advantage. And their fans are going to show up no matter what. Like that, that's uh they they always uh, show up and show out. That stadium should be full on Saturday, I would anticipate. So we're, we're gonna see. It's gonna be a big challenge. So I guess, you know, let's start off by talking about the battle between the two best units on the field Saturday. It's going to be Tech's offense, Clemson's defense. Look, Tech is now up to second in the ACC in yards per game, averaging 465 yards per game. They are fourth in passing. They're up to second in rushing now, second. They're only behind Boston College. And here's the thing. 
I think Georgia Tech is arguably the most balanced offense in the ACC. I think North Carolina and Florida State may have a case to be made there, certainly. But Boston College is also a very run-heavy team. Like that, that that's what they do. So I, I, Georgia Tech has just been incredibly balanced in the running game. Look, Dante Smith has come alive for a great two-game stretch these past couple weeks. Jamal Haynes had a 100-yard game, and he had a nasty 43-yard run. Like a, the, he he really showed off his skills last week. He's the fifth leading rusher in the ACC now, by the way. Um, and, and Haynes King has been terrific using his legs on the ground. He he's busted some long runs. He's pretty much done that a lot of the year. I know he had like a 70-yard against Boston College. He had some good ones against North Carolina and, of course, last week as well. Um, the, off- the offensive line, like, I can't preach enough how much of an improvement this unit has made. Um, I, I, talk, I asked Brent Key about it last week after the game, and, and he just – he really praised Jeep Wade in, in the way that he's coached this unit and the way they've improved. Like, they are sixth in the nation, not the ACC, but the nation in sacks allowed. That, that's a pretty crazy stat considering how poor these units have been the past few seasons. And it's not like they went out and got a whole lot of new talent. Like, yes, Ethan McKinney has come in as a true freshman and Connor Scaglione has come in as a transfer, but Weston Franklin, Joe Fusile, Jordan Williams, Chikai Leftwich, like those guys played last year as well. And they've seen a, a huge improvement, especially um, Franklin and Fusile. So I think it's the offensive line has just made such a leap. You know, they're, the run blocking ha- has been down sometimes this year, but now they're leading the second leading rushing attack in the ACC, and they're sixth in sacks allowed. You're going up against a, a formidable, formidable, formidable. If I could speak English, Clemson front seven. Like they're like I talked about earlier, their linebackers are tremendous in pretty much all assets of the game. Um, you know, I went back and was watching Clemson versus Florida State film, and just the way they use Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter to cover receivers and slot guys. It like it's and they and they do it well. Like the, those are two high pick NFL players right there. Clemson's defensive line is pretty good. I don't think it's of the same caliber it has been as when they've won national titles. I don't think there's a Dexter Lawrence or a Christian Wilkins or or even a Brian Brzee up front for them. They they have good talent, but I, I don't think it, it's one of the most dominant units in the country. But it is good. Like it, Clemson is. They're first in the ACC yards allowed per game, second passing yards allowed per game, third in rushing yards allowed per game, sixth in points per game allowed. Like, I could go on and on and on. It's a really good defense. And I think what gives me pause in this game a little bit is, you know, okay, look look at the defenses that Georgia Tech has played this year. Like, you know, Virginia is a bad defense. North Carolina is a bad defense. Boston College is a bad defense. Um, Wake Forest is a bad defense. Louisville. They, I think they caught Louisville at the right time because if I don't know if, if y'all seen Louisville's playing exceptional on defense right now. I think with the first game, a lot of transfers, uh, not really knowing maybe what Buster Faulkner was going to throw out there. Who's he's doing a fantastic job, by the way. Um, that they, they really lit up Louisville, and, and I'm not taking anything away. I just think co- context is important there. The only defense that Clem- that Georgia Tech has faced that's of Clemson's caliber is Miami. Um, and that was the worst game on off. I know Georgia Tech won and put together that drive at the end, but they could not drive the ball at all on Miami, and a lot of that had to do with the speed and athleticism up front of the Miami defensive line and the linebackers. And, look, Miami's defense is good. It's not Alabama. It's not Penn State. It's not Georgia, like those or Michigan, for that matter. Like Those are some of the best defenses in the country, and while Miami's and Clemson's are good, I don't put them in that ilk. And – that that's one thing I kept coming back to when trying to think about who's going to win this game is like 
is Georgia Tech's offense made substantial strides since it played Miami? I would argue yes, you know, that they played really well the past two games. But also, again, I think they've faced one defense that, that that's of high caliber. I don't think Ole Miss is a high caliber defense at all. I, I just don't. And we're, we're going to see if they can step up to the challenge. Uh, Clemson has an, a very good secondary. Nate Wiggins is a very good corner. Um, but Georgia Tech has, has plenty of playmakers. Like Eric Singleton leads the, as a true freshman. And he remember, he missed a game. He didn't play against Boston College. He had a great half against North Carolina. He caught a long touchdown last week. He is seventh in the ACC in receiving yards as a true freshman and is tied for second in receiving touchdowns with six. I think explosive plays are going to be absolutely huge in this game. I think Singleton, Malik Rutherford, we haven't really seen Christian Lear the past couple of weeks, but I think he can make a big impact on this game. Dominic Blaylock can make an impact on this game. I think it's going to be hard to consistently drive long fields on Clemson, like just with their front seven being as good as it is. I think it's just going to be hard to go on 60, 70, 80 play yard, yard drives. Now, I'll say this, Miami did it. And they did it with a backup quarterback who they were trying to protect. You know, if you go back and watch that game, Miami didn't really throw the ball down the field. A lot, a lot of their throws were at or near the line of scrimmage. They did take a couple of shots later in the game, and especially uh, I thought they threw – I think they threw a, a fade in the end zone uh, in a one-on-one matchup, and they got a touchdown out of it. But Miami did run the ball pretty well on uh, Clemson and really pushed them around. Now, that's Miami's identity, so I'm – I'm anxious to see how Clemson matches up with Georgia Tech's running game because I think that is one area where I do think – I think it's going to be easier to get um, rushing yards on Clemson than maybe it is passing yards. You know, they, they don't allow many explosive plays. And, again, I talked about the Notre Dame uh, game last week, and I said Georgia Tech, like just point blank period, has a better receiving core than Notre Dame does. That That is Notre Dame's biggest weakness – but, you know, if you look at the defensive success rates, it, it looks pretty good for Clemson. 26 against the pass, 13th in, in rushing yards allowed. Um, it's really good. They're 49th EPA uh, rush, 49th in EPA pass. It's pretty good. Um, so I think explosive plays, and I want to see what they can do on the ground game and just how they handle the speed and athleticism of Clemson. Because, again, Miami completely erased Georgia Tech in that game on the defensive side of the ball until that last drive. I like you got to be able to remember that so when, when you're thinking about this game. So I, I don't I don't see 40 points incoming, but I do think you know it, it's not like Clemson has been playing a lot of really good offenses like um, NC State. They lost to Miami. They lost to neither one of those offenses is very, is very good. You could argue Florida State's the only real offense Clemson has seen all year. Like this could be a challenge for them as well. Like they. I think Clemson's defense is very good, but, you know, their opponents do matter. So I think I'll, I'll be very interested to see this matchup. Like, I think it's truly the best on best. Is it where the game's decided? We'll talk about that in just a second. But I think big plays not and not turning the ball over. Georgia Tech's offense has been at its worst when they turn the ball over. And, look, I know that's, you know, Captain Obvious here. No offense is good when they turn the ball over. But you go back to Boston College, Haynes King threw, what, three interceptions? He threw a couple against Bowling Green. He threw a couple against Miami. Like there was a three-game – seven of his ten interceptions have come within just a, a short span of games. Um, but he has really rebounded. He's taken care the, – the team has taken care of the football the past couple of weeks. So, we'll see what they got against the Tigers' um, defense on Saturday. All right. This is, you know, 
the, uh, you know, we talk about this at, before I, you know, took a two week sabbatical. We talked about pretty much every game for Georgia Tech's defense is the same. You know, at some point, you know, you are what you are. They're truly a really poor defense. They're, there's no getting around it. They are last in the ACC in yards per game allowed. They're last in rushing yards allowed. They're 11th in passing defense. But they are 32nd in the nation in turnover margin, and I believe they are 21st in the nation in interceptions. That does matter because guess who turns the ball over a lot? It's Clemson. They are 107th in the nation in turnovers lost. And I think if I had to just pinpoint one stat, one key area of this game that I think is going to ha- have the biggest effect, I think it's going to be on Clemson's offense turning the ball over. If they if they come out there and Cade Klubnick, he he makes poor decisions sometimes. You know, NC State had a pick six in that game. Um he, he lost the ball a couple times. Miami got pressure on him. They are getting Will Shipley back. I, I know some – Phil Moffa has probably been the better back of the two this year. And I think he would be the back that maybe worries me the most because he's a physical runner. He's not fast. Like, don't get tech confused. But he's averaging six yards to carry for a reason and has eight touchdowns this season. He's a really physical, uh, really good running back. Like, I think, you know, he's from the state of Georgia, played high school in the state of Georgia. He, he's a really good player. And he really gives – I wouldn't be surprised if you see more Will Shipley coming out of the slot. I think that's probably best where he's used um, just because they, they don't have a lot of receiving weapons. Again, like I, I was talking about how Georgia Tech arguably has better receivers and playmakers than Notre Dame. You could say the same about Clemson. Like, Bo Collins is pretty good. He's not great. Jake Brenningstool, their tight end, pretty decent, not great. Like, they, they don't have anybody. This is not the best offense that Georgia Tech has seen by a long shot. And, you know, North Carolina is a better offense. Miami, well, I don't know about that. Uh, Ole Miss is a better offense. The Clem- Clemson's offense is just very meh. They they don't do anything extremely well. They don't really protect the quarterback all that well. They don't – they're not great in the run game. Like, they're eighth in the ACC in rushing, sixth in passing. And, like, those, those are decent numbers, but this isn't – the Trevor Lawrence offenses or, or, or things of that. They don't have a Travis Etienne. They don't have a T. Higgins. That They don't have special playmakers on that side of the ball. But you're also – Georgia Tech's defense is bad. Like, they, they are – like I was – you know, they're not just last in the ACC in rushing yards allowed. Like, they're last by a country mile. And, look, they played the best game of the season on, on Saturday. Like, I – I was at least interested to see, you know, because there are sometimes bad defenses will give up points to even the, the worst of offenses, and Virginia's offense is not good. But they, they didn't allow Virginia to really do anything, um, and some of some of Virginia's yards in that game came in garbage time. Like, I know they finished with, like, 350 around, around that or so, but a lot of that did come in garbage time. Like, for Virginia, after they scored that first touchdown on the first drive, Virginia didn't do much uh, on, on offense the rest of the game. Georgia Tech's defense really stepped up, and look, it's the same thing I talk about every week with Georgia Tech's defense. Clemson's going to score some points. You're probably going to be frustrated watching this defense at times on Saturday. They have to force Cade Klubnick into some poor decisions. Maybe you can get a game like you got against Miami where Kevin Sher did a really good job of disguising coverages and, and fooling Tyler Van Dyke and Look, after watching the past few weeks, that may just be a Tyler Van Dyke problem because they're talking about benching him right now. So it, I'll, I'll at least just leave that there. Will Shipley has had a problem holding on to the football. 
they as a whole have just had a problem holding on to the football. Clem, and especially in the red zone. Like Clemson is one of the worst teams in the nation when it comes to turnovers in the red zone. And that's again comes to, the, to my next point. We talk about red zone roulette every time we talk about Georgia Tech's defense. Can they get stops in the red zone, whether that's just holding them to a field goal or creating turnovers? Clemson is bad about turning the ball over in the red zone. You can call that just unfortunate bounces. You know, turn, turnovers are mostly just luck anyway. It's it's not really a skill. But, you know, Tech has had some deep – like Jalen King has, has played really well this season. He had a great game last week. Um, Amari Harvey has really turned into a playmaker at the back end. Kenan Johnson, he had one of the, his better games as a Yellow Jacket that I've seen last week. Miles Sims has had a really good couple weeks. Um, and they they faced better receiving cores the last two weeks too. Like Tez Walker is better than any uh, receiver on Clemson. Malik Washington and Malachi Fields, I would argue, are better than any receivers that Clemson has. So I, I do think that Tech's defense can find success um, getting there. They, 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 they're going to have to get pressure on the quarterback. They're going to have to create turnovers, and they're going to have to get stops in the red zone. But I think it, I think it's there for them. Like I, I do think that there are opportunities there, and winning the turnover battle is just going to be so huge in this game. And you know, you're facing a team that has a penchant for turning the ball over. So, um, stopping the run is just also going to be key. You know, I, I think you're going to Duke came out with a really good game plan, and look, I know Duke Duke is. Are, they're one of the best defenses in the ACC. They're right there with Clemson and Miami as far as how good their defenses are. They just manned Clemson's receivers up and lowered the box to stop the run. They they didn't have a lot of respect for Clemson's receivers. Miami did something similar, and Clemson couldn't take advantage. Just George Tech do something similar. Do they just kind of man up on Clemson's receivers, load the box, and try to stop Shipley and Maffa? We'll see. I think that is certainly within the realm of possibilities because – Again, Clemson's wide receivers are are very average to below average. Like it's not the same Clemson's receiving core that we've seen in the past. So I'm anxious to see that play out on Saturday. But again, just to wrap up this conversation about defense versus offense, creating turnovers, getting pressure, and just not allowing big plays and stopping the run. Like it sounds, you know, I repeat myself pretty much every week talking about this defense, but that that really is just what it comes down to because. They're not a good defense. They're not going to get a stop every single possession, but they need to create more possessions for their offense. Their offense, the offense is the strength of this team by a long shot. They have to create more possessions for them and do better on that side of the ball. Keys to the game again, winning the turnover when you're a double digit underdog, winning the turnover battle is just huge. They created turnovers against Miami. They also gave some back, but they created turnovers against Miami. You know, Lamaze Brooks had a huge interception in that game. Jalen King had a huge interception in that game. Like, the only way Tech scored points until that final drive against Miami was creating turnovers. They created a turnover. You know, North Carolina was driving to possibly take the lead on the game, and then Amari Harvey had that hit on Tez Walker that knocked the ball loose, won them the game. They created turnovers last week. Um, Whenever the defense creates turnovers, it generally leads to good things. Like, they created five against Wake Forest on the road, and then that was a pretty big win at that time, so. Winning the turnover battle against a team that turns the ball over and hitting explosive plays on offense, just to be clear. Um, I think they're going to have a hard time finding down-to-down success against this Clemson defense, just that they're really good. So I think having Eric Singleton, Malik Rutherford, having Jamal Haynes hit a big run, and that, and that, when I say explosive plays, it's in the run or the pass. Like It doesn't have to just be a long pass play. But 
It could be a Haynes King run on a keeper. We've seen that before. Jamal Haynes and Dante Smith have both broken runs in the past couple weeks. Eric Singleton is live to go the distance anytime they throw to him or touch the ball. Like Buster Faulkner tries to get Eric Singleton in one-on-one matchups. And look, Clemson has really good corners and it'll be a tough matchup, but he's won those before. So we're going to see how that how that turns out. But this isn't the same defensive line. I think Georgia Tech could have an edge on the line of scrimmage, at least in terms of the offensive line. Like They're sixth in the nation allowed in, in sacks. Clemson's only 60th in the nation in sacks.